Hey, welcome to Amazing Marketing, where we talk about all things marketing and everything that relates to it in the world. And uh, happy to be joined by my co-host, Chris Gray. Chris, how are you? Dimitri, what up, man? I am, like we were kind of talking about prior to this starting the podcast, I am in the middle of it, man. Um, I, I I do I do jujitsu, right? And for those who under who do it, you'll understand. Like you you could have somebody who you know it could be a guy or a girl. They could weigh 150 pounds, and once they position their, themselves right, like on you it could feel like you're being crushed by an elephant. Like you get the whole claustrophobic feeling. It feels like your chest is about to collapse. You can't breathe. When you feel that type of pressure initially, you're going to tap out because it's something that you've never felt before. Um, but as time goes on, you get used to that pressure. And in some cases you like it, it becomes your happy place in a very weird way. And I feel like that in business right now where I have this elephant on me. Like I've never felt so much business pressure in my entire life. And at first I'm like, oh, you know, I could panic a little bit, but then I'm actually kind of liking it. But at the same time, I have an elephant crushing me. It's a very weird dynamic. So you like you like having an elephant crushing you. <laughs> pretty pretty much. I like pressure, um, which makes us kind of weird, right? But that's where I'm at. I'm in the middle of it, brother. Wow. Well, okay. At least you have that jujitsu experience to go off of. But yes. how does it feel to have an elephant crushing you? Curious. It's it's good, right? It doesn't feel good, but like in jujitsu, you know, hey, I if I'm comfortable with this type of pressure, that means this has happened so many times that I, I put so many reps in that I'm cool with this. I just need to wait for my time to escape from this and make a a, a uh, offensive move. And that's where I'm at with business. I'm like, you know what? This is just a sign that business is growing. That I'm in a place that I've never been before. And then once I get up, get out of this pressure, I'm going to make an offensive move, and I'm going to kick somebody in the balls when I get out of this. So that's kind of where I feel right now. It kind of makes me think of all the different cliches about pressure makes diamonds. Yeah. No money, more problems. You know, all the all the cliches. So it sounds like it's good pressure. So that's good. Yeah. What about you, brother? How are you holding up? I'm good. I had actually a stomach bug over the last couple of days that wasn't fun gotta say never like having that and it kind of <laughs> ran through the whole family fortunately not not all at once one at a time that's how we like to do it one quite literally time. ran through the entire family <laughs> um, yeah but good now it's friday excited to talk about this and we have our first segment that we want to do called from the arena which is a reference to a quote that both of us like a lot the man from the arena man in the arena i think a lot of people know about this quote who was it uh teddy roosevelt who said it i believe so well, teddy roosevelt's kind of interesting guy right he was like early 20th century cowboy president kind of a badass and he had this What's... great quote man in the arena Mm -hmm. um anyway the segment is about our experiences being in the arena of like what you're talking about being under pressure making good and bad decisions seeing how things play out over the course of time through business and every now and then something really interesting or noteworthy happens. And yesterday something quite noteworthy happened to me. And I, I wanted to share that with you. Is that all right with you? Of course I'm waiting. I'm anxiously waiting, sir. Well, I'm building, I'm building the, what is it? Like a tactical pause now set the drama. <laughs> okay. So I run a marketing agency called Big Life Marketing. We do, let's just say we do online marketing anyway. Um, we've had some clients with us for a long time. And this particular client we've had for five years. Five years. We've had a great relationships, uh, great relationship with them. And there's a service that we do. One of the services is 
not really our bread and butter, but something that we do for them. Uh, and we've been doing it for the last five years. has become less and less worth it to do. And I've always not liked doing it. I've actually disliked doing this particular service. And the money didn't really make sense, but I did it because we've just been doing it. And that's just been the pricing. Okay. Now they want to add on to that service. And I said, well, it'll have to be more. I'll have to charge more for that, obviously. Like, okay. I, I, I took a week and I drafted an email with all the reasons why the price needs to go to this. And I thought it was a really well-worded email and sent it off. What happened was that they got really upset with that. They felt like the communication was not good. And again, we've been together for five years. We've had great communication. And sometimes we don't even communicate. There there could be months where we never talk. And that to me is just is trust. We trust each other. Are you following me so far? Yes, sir. I am I am following. When they when they said no, or they didn't say no, when they didn't really respond to me the way that I expected them to respond, I got frustrated because I'm thinking, why aren't they going along with what I'm saying? I laid it out clearly in the email. And then I was just browsing Yahoo, just browsing yahoo.com, reading some completely pointless articles, and I stumbled across an article about the show Yellowstone. Have you heard of Yellowstone? Yes, sir. My in-laws are in the demographic who loves that type of movie or TV series. Well, so I'm reading about Yellowstone. Apparently there's there's drama between the lead, Kevin Costner, and the show creator. Uh, I don't remember what his name is, but it, they've had a... It, it, well, at least the way the media portrays it, they have issues. And for that reason, the show is either on or off or whatever it is. I don't know. I didn't really even read it. I was just wasting time to regroup my head in that moment. Yeah. Um, but I did read one particular quote that I thought really applied to me. And, and it was the show leader in answering a question is like, it, you can't work with the lead of the show, the Kevin Costner. You can't work with it. And he said... We've never had a conflict that we couldn't resolve over the phone. And I, I'm like, dang, why did I send them the email? Why? I should have just called them. They were pissed that I wasn't communicating like we always had been communicating. Never send them emails. All of a sudden, here's an email with a price increase. Of course, they were pissed. I couldn't see that. I didn't realize that. And so I called them. I, I called them right after I read this quote. And they that's when I found out how pissed they really were. And fortunately, we were able to work it out. And it, it's actually the way it worked out um, is better than what I proposed in the email. Because now we don't have to do that service anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but But most importantly is that we were able to communicate it the way that we normally communicate, which was over the phone, voice, personal. And, and, and the lesson I learned is don't change up the communication method that works with, with somebody, anybody, whether it's a client, a person, your wife, family member. Don't, don't surprise them, especially when you're bringing bad news like a price increase with a different channel of communication. I'm curious to hear your thoughts about that. It's so funny. We're on the same page because I was writing a couple of notes here as you were talking. The thing that stood out to me when you were talking about the part where the client was upset with the communication, that was the first, that was the very first thing you said, or one of the very first things you said, I wrote down the word communication with a question mark. So I'm wondering, um, were they upset about the communication of the service when you first initiated it? And there was like a expectation that wasn't set in that communication or... I didn't know what you meant by communication. I didn't know. And so as the story progressed, 
And then you got into this part of communication, which was just picking up the phone and calling them. I was like, oh, that all, it all makes sense. And I love what you said about the, the lesson you got from it, but not only applying it to business within life, like you said, with its friends or your wife or so on and so forth. My wife is used to me um, coming to her. And even if my thought is not, if I have a fresh thought, I'll tell her, Hey, this is a, this hasn't been, I'm a processor. So I need to like, think about things before I talk about them. But either I'll say, she'll bring something to me and I'll say, Hey, I need time to process it. And I'll come back and talk to her about it. Or if I have something that I need to get off my chest and it's not well thought out, I'll say, Hey, baby, this thought has not been well thought out, but this is kind of what I'm feeling at this stage. Um, let me tell you what's up. Now, if I, this sounds kind of silly, but if I was to like text my wife something after I processed or text her my thoughts on something or email it to her, which people don't, I guess some people might do that with their wives. I don't know, but my wife would not be really receptive to that. Why? Because we've always talked, right? Same thing with clients. I have clients in business where um, I send them a lot of looms because sometimes we can't talk. Like I need to be able to make sure that you know exactly what I am saying, whether we talk on the phone or whether it's through a video. Um, and then you're right. If I change it up, especially with something as significant as a price increase, especially if that price increase is significant, you can interpret tone through email, which we all know. You don't know what type of day that person's having. We don't know what voice they're hearing in their head as they're reading your email. Are they hearing that they are assuming that you're angry? They're assuming that you're being, you don't, we don't know. And so of course, changing that communication style up can um, lead to what happened in this situation. Right. And, and this was kind of a double whammy because not only did I want to increase the price on the service that we were already doing, but I wanted to also then charge for the additional service that they wanted us to do. So it was a two yeah. in one all at once in a different form of communication that we normally talk in. And it just, it bombed, it completely bombed. And look, there's prices need to go up. A lot of times there, there's just no way around it. And you don't want to do it in many cases with clients that have been with you for a long time. Um, and there's grandfathered into certain things. There's some services that we run for clients that have been with us for a long time that wouldn't make sense to charge today, but it's just, it's a good, I find, find it to, to be a good way of, um, keeping clients. So obviously, you know, raising prices is going to put that into jeopardy. Question. But, yeah. And I don't want to branch off too much because you and I will, will freaking branch and be if this keeps going, we'll be talking about God and or something. Like, who knows like where this could go, right? With me and you. But I want to branch off really quick, not too far. Something you said that stood out to me was that when you got the email and you were frustrated or whatever it was, you kind of needed a mental break. And so you just went to Yahoo and started searching. And that's where you found the Yellowstone story. Um, that stood out to me because I was like, God, I... I do that. Like when I hit some kind of something happens and I need a mental break or I get frustrated with something or somebody, a client calls me and the conversation doesn't go that great. I will go to like Facebook for a second, or I will go to Yahoo for a second. And then the question to me is like, sometimes I'll look up and it's been 20, 30 minutes of me doing that. And I'm like, I have all this work to do. And I just wasted my time looking at some stupid reel, you know, about somebody's ridiculous, whatever, something dumb, just completely dumb. So I do, I find myself getting frustrated. Like, it's like, I did that to take a break. And then I get mad at myself because I did that to take a break. Does that ever happen? Yeah, actually, one of, one of the, one of my favorite people that I've worked with, uh, she is the founder of the life coach school. She's this amazing life coach uh, who teaches thousands and thousands of people to become a life coach. She has massive events and I got to work with her very closely for a long time. Awesome. I even took her program and she teaches that uh, we're we're doing those things to avoid the painful feelings, the anxiety or the 
something bad happened in business and we just don't want to think about it in that moment. The problem is that we're going to have to think about it anyway. It's just pushing that thought back. So that's why you're mad at yourself. It's like you never, you never fix the issue that you went to go fix. You're just masking it with uh, browsing social media or whatever. And what she teaches is that you have to embrace the negative feelings to then not only to process them, but to then experience the positive feelings on the other side of it. She kind of says it's 50-50. Now, I don't know necessarily agree that it has to be 50-50. I think that's more of a metaphor that you have to give space for the negative feelings to exist to then experience the positive feelings too. That makes so much sense because that browsing behavior, at least for me, where I go to Facebook or I go to Yahoo after I'm stressed or something, that same dynamic plays out with somebody who might, and I've done this before, I'm sure we all have done, where you stress eat, eat a bunch of BS because of whatever. Some people do that with sex or whatever. You have some negative feeling, so you go rush to something else to make yourself feel better. And I guess from a business standpoint, that's my version of it is, oh, something stressful happened or I, I'm too stressed out right now. Let me go stress eat in the version of 30 minutes in fa Facebook wasting my life. And they do a good job of it, right? Oh, Facebook they're, they're so is good. very addicting. Instagram so is very addicting. Um, but yeah, man, it's tough. It, it, it's an addiction just like anything else. A dopamine addiction, social media addiction, just get the negative thoughts out. But the, the, those thoughts will never get processed. So you just have to keep going back to your crutch every time, whether it's food or social media or something else. Uh, unless you fix your problem, your problem's not going anywhere. But man, the, the, I think that a lot of people are facing with that that problem. Everyone's got an addiction. I know my, my personal addiction, especially since I got the iPhone a couple of years ago. Now I can't put it down. Yeah. I, and now I've gotten the case where it closes over the the screen, trying to limit the notifications that pop up and my, my temptation with something that is a really easy way to push those that anxiety off. I know that we're going to get into the subject here, but I do want to expand. Again, see, we're branching. We just keep branching, right? Um, but... With that said about the, the the addictions, yeah, the phone with me, I have to put it in another room. And I also noticed that work is my addiction and that the insidious thing about it is that it's acceptable. I can always make a really good excuse as to why I need to go in this office and do something, you know? And so like I, or I could be sitting with my family and I'm there physically, but mentally I'm not. I'm thinking about, whatever and so i have these i don't know these addictions phone not being so acceptable but everybody's doing it but then work acceptable addiction which is not um not good yes but better than some alternatives i think everyone has to pick their addictions <laughs> we're all we're all i think we're all wired to be addicted i think it's part of our survival mechanism is to um, kind of keep repeating certain patterns that keep us alive or keep our brains happy. That's just a survival instinct. So, but if you're going to be addicted to something, you might as well be addicted to work yeah. instead of drugs or something or TV. 1000%. I just sometimes wish I could do a better job of being present. You know, like you talked about last episode where, you know, your, 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 your daughter does something and yeah, um, the youngest one, the little baby starts laughing and rolling or whatever, belly laughing. And that's a moment that you want to be in and just soak it all up, you know. And I think sometimes I miss those moments because I'm elsewhere mentally. But yes, yes and yes. Like, I'm going to be all in. That's, I have an addictive personality, period. So if I'm going to, you know, I bet I'd rather be in this office than be in a bar. Yeah, look, but also to have the success in a certain field, if it's a business endeavor, then you have to have your mind in it all the time. It's, it's so hard to flip on and off. All of a mm -hmm. sudden you're on and then all of a sudden you can't do it. That's why people get so frustrated when there's an interruption, when you're in your flow state. That's the flow state. 
Um, I think we were in a mastermind together. I don't remember exactly which one. And I may just be making this up, but it feels like we were in there together where somebody was talking about flow state. And I, I mean, people who are in business, entrepreneurs, running companies, I think all, and even artists and writers, we all have flow states. And I was, I was also listening to this interview with Sam Altman from OpenAI, ChatGBT guy. And the, the, basically the question was, how many hours in a day can you get your best work in? Are you mentally fully there? Uh, and the rain, the answer was between two hours or two and three hours or four hours. And this, these are some of the top people in the world mentally. Obviously, this guy created this this huge program, and he's still saying that it's just two hours in the day that eighty percent of the work gets done. And the thought was, why not just do those two hours and and not worry about everything else? Oh, I don't know. Or would you Wouldn't... Would you agree with that? Uh, the two that you only get a couple productive hours in a day, super productive. I agree that you only get a couple of super productive hours in a day. I, I will agree with that. I also think the rest of the hours are important too. Cause you, you know, those, those not so productive hours, as far as like deep work, there's still a bunch of other shit that needs to get done. Admin shit, reports, you name it. There's a bunch of like stuff. There's just stuff that has to get done. If you worked, if you did deep work, yeah, you're, you're focused on the, the 20% that makes up the 80, but the other remaining, not so important 20% needs to get done. And then also too, I probably get restless. If I just work two hours and then just, I don't know if I could do it. Like, I don't know. I really don't know if I could do it. I would just, again, going back to the addiction, I'm like a fiend or something. I'd be over there scratching. Like uh, I got to get back to work or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'd be able to just relax. So that's my thought. Yeah. Tough man with, with, business, family, work ethic, uh, pr productivity. There's so many variables to it. And uh, looking forward to talking about this more. But but for now, let's move to our main topic for today with the Super Bowl coming up. We have, because we are amazing marketing, we want to talk about some of the commercials that are, you're going to be seeing during the Super Bowl. And it's kind of, I mean, the Super Bowl is called the Super Bowl. It's also the Super Bowl for, for video TV ads, right? Yep. Yeah, one of my favorite ones, I don't remember if this was last year, a couple of years ago, but it was a crypto exchange that all they did was a floating QR code for 30 seconds. Did you see that one? I remember that. I thought that was neat. I don't know if it was successful or profitable. All these commercials <laughs> are so expensive. I don't know. Okay, but here here's the one that that caught my eye and I saw this somewhere whether it was a YouTube or something, but I'm positive you're going to see something similar to this during the Super Bowl. And it's related to sports and I want to play it for everybody and I'll even share the video for those watching on video. You want to make every game interesting? Step 1, open the BetMGM sports book. Step 2, Put some skin in the game. And step three, showtime. TDs, back with K's, RBIs, and the TKOs pay B-I-G. Mm. The overs, the unders, the underdogs, and the upsets. Ooh, yeah, that hits different. When they go off the way, you're all in. The buzzer beats, the walk-off blasts, and every Hail Mary pass is one tap away from you doing your victory dance. Now you're in the ring with the king of sportsbooks. You know what to do. So there it is. What are your first impressions on that ad? Uh, well, my first thoughts were we were just talking about addiction, right? So now you go to a betting, um, which kind of 
leads into what we're talking about. My thoughts about that ad. Um, I have several. So I'll start with the, the main one is you see a lot of these types of ads here lately. I think um, DraftKings has Kevin Hart. Um, Caesars has that one comedian. I forget his name. He's actually, you know, Caesar. They, they dress him up as Caesar and he's in the commercials with the Mannings. Um, and I think there's another one that I'm forgetting. But these commercials all have black leads. And um, I wonder why that is. I mean, you're you're the numbers guy, right? You're creative and numbers. And there's there's this is not by accident. I mean, these are these are betting companies, right? And they make a lot of money. And they're not going to be running a marketing campaign just like, oh, you know, I think if we just did this or that, it might work. There's been a lot of research behind what they're doing. And so what is it about the um, black leads in these commercials? That's one of my thoughts, but there's also several. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on what I just said before I, I keep going? The, the black leads in the betting sports app commercials, why is it? Is it a coincidence or is there some kind of marketing money reason or is there an alternative reason for it uh from a numbers perspective obviously the company is if their primary goal is to make more money then they're going to do they're going to put in whoever is going to generate the most revenue for their business i don't know if that's the case with these actors i don't know if them being black is going to generate more revenue or are they going after the black audience um or are they just very compelling leads i don't i don't know i have no clue like i they're doing it for a reason i think either they're just copying each other that could be one thing right we've seen that in marketing where you see this silent style landing page for an industry and everybody starts copying that style of landing page even if it works or not. So that could be the case here, but I'd like to think that these guys are a little more, a little more sophisticated than that. And there might be some kind of data behind it. But then to your point, it's not like it's, when I go to Caesars in Las Vegas and I go to the betting place, I'm not seeing a whole room of black dudes sitting around watching all the million screens they have up with all the games and stuff. So it's not like just black people bet. Um, I didn't mean to go super far down this rabbit hole. I'm just saying that I wonder um, why that is. Cause I, that's one of the things that came to my mind when I started looking at these types of commercials. Yeah. And there was actually a 60 minutes on this last week. And that kind of inspired this segment along with the Super Bowl coming up. That's probably why they did it on 60 minutes this past week. Right. Um, the guys that were featured in that one were from new England, you know, the Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York type guys, white. Uh, and, and that seems like, the typical better if i had to guess yeah but me too I, yeah, I just have no idea maybe because when you're depending on the sport you know like a lot of these sports that you bet on you know have a bunch of black people outside of like you know baseball and hockey or you know like the more popular sports consist of a lot of black folks and so maybe showing the black people that you're i don't know i'm probably going way deeper in this than i should but i i don't know but yeah what was it about this commercial or not the commercial maybe the commercial and the the 2020 thing that made you want to bring this up well first of all i used to be a bookie myself so this kind of speaks to my heart <laughs> And bookie is such a funny word now. Like it's it's definitely got a negative connotation. I did it in high school and it was just a fun thing to do that had to do with statistics and numbers and playing with my friends. Now there's a whole story of how that ended and effectively it, was, it ended with people not paying me and I had a decision to make of whether or not to go and try to collect money. Uh, which, you know, I wasn't really ready for that part of being a bookie, I gotta say. Um, but it, look, it's, 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 it's numbers. You set a line. Every game has a line, meaning that there's a favorite there's there. Let's say in football, you can be a one point favorite. And the, for the Super Bowl of San Francisco, 49ers are two point favorites over the Kansas city chiefs. 
So if somebody bets the Kansas City Chiefs plus two and they happen to lose by one, well, because you had the plus two, you end up winning that bet. There's also a money line where you can bet someone outright. And so there's this math game happening. Uh, I was also a poker player in high school and play and try to, I actually try to go professional and I, I would bet I would play some pretty high stakes back in high school. And so I was really into this type of stuff. Uh, I'm not anymore. I can tell you about that in a second, but um, still when I see stuff about it, it still piques my curiosity. And I wanted to analyze this video with you, this commercial with you from a marketing perspective too. Well, then what are your, what are your thoughts? Because you asked me, what were, my, what were my thoughts when I saw it immediately? Then what were your thoughts when you saw this commercial? Okay, so I, I'll, uh, I'm going to play it again on my own screen and then just comment as it goes. So it starts with, you want to make every game interesting. And I just want to stop it right there because that, that's a whole hook of its own. And, and we know about hooks. We know about, and, and last time we talked about punching somebody in the face and calling out your audience. And this punches someone in the face, calls out their audience, which is you watch sports every game, but make every game interesting. And I thought it was, I thought there's a message that they don't actually um, mean to say, but they do that. Generally speaking, the games are boring. Games are really boring. So you want to make it interesting. I want to come back to that, but let me keep playing this. And interrupt me if you have any comments too. Oh, I would. I could go down the rabbit hole with that first one. So I'm going to let you flesh out your thoughts. Okay, uh, well, let's keep going. Then we'll come back to that beginning. Um, step two, put some skin in the game. And step three, showtime. Okay. And Jamie Foxx looks amazing. He's this larger than life character. So meaning if you bet, you become like Jamie Foxx. And here he's walking on water. He's shadow boxing. Got all these athletes. The Bellagio fountains are going off. Uh, underdogs, upsets. It's excitement. And here's the Abbott's Bet MGM. Okay. So that's the commercial. Let's come back to the beginning. What were your thoughts about every game is actually boring when you think about it? They're right, man. I mean, games are boring for the most part. You know, unless it's like a two high power teams and pick whatever sport, you know, or two high power fighters in, in MMA or something. To me, generally, um, unless you're just a fan of the technical aspect of the sport, which your casual fan is not most games are boring who in the hell wants to watch the jets play the um cleveland browns right like that that's a with that, aaron Rodgers on the ir yeah okay. like nobody wants to watch that shit but for me if you're playing so i i have a league um a fantasy football league which a lot of people do but and I've played in several other fantasy football leagues, but I care about this league in particular because it's the guys that I grew up with. These are guys I've known since I was like 12 and, and some guys I met in college and just some of my, a circle of people that I've known for decades at this, at this point. And in that league, you know, obviously, you, you know, we, we have a pool of money you're trying to win. And everybody wants to win. We have a WWE belt that everybody, you know, you pass around to the winner and you get to etch your name on it. And that, you want that, you want the belt, you want the money. But this is the big thing. It's not so much gain as as much as it is the fear of loss in that league because we have a shaming, which Copyright mostly Copywriting 101. <laughs> yes. It is that you are avoiding pain in that league. And the pain of this league is the last person or the last place person is going to be humiliated. And usually some form of phallus is involved, like a popsicle penis or a straw that you're, you're going to eat the popsicle thing, or you're going to drink out of this straw, uh, which we can go down the rabbit hole with X. Why, why are a bunch of straight guys so obsessed with the penis eating stuff? So anyways, that's another topic. Um, and then, so you have that, 
or and again back to staying within the same lane uh, a couple years ago it was a bikini again straight guys putting the guy in a bikini why is this happening that's a whole other subject who was in the bikini uh, i two years ago had to wear the bikini which is disgusting bro because now you got to shave up and the bikini doesn't the bikini's not designed to fit all our parts so, so this will be the bit. thumbnail for this episode, right? Oh gosh, man, we people would be disgusted, and and then for the and then the guys are making fun of you because like, well, put it know, behind the, a paywall. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> the, the guys keep making fun of me, or they're making fun of me because my ass is blacker than the rest of my body, which that doesn't even make sense to me, right? The parts that are hidden are blacker than the rest of my body, so you hear about like they just they rag on you, so you want to avoid that. So back to the point of what you're saying here. It does make the freaking Jets versus um, the Browns interesting because I have a, 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 a I might have a player on the Jets. I might have a player on the Browns. I don't care about the game. I care less who wins. I care if this wide receiver gets X amount of points or if this running back scores a touchdown. So in my opinion, they're they know and they know that they know that betting on whether it's fantasy football or just a regular bet betting lines, it changes the game entirely. It used to be that you could only bet on sports in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, you can practically go to any casino in any state of this country or use your mobile app, as we saw with MGM Bet or whatever sports book you want to use, and place legal bets. You used to have to do that offshore, some company in Aruba that who knows what's going to happen with your money. Um, but now, it, it, it's everywhere. And it used to be that the league's were very against sports betting. They didn't even want to talk about fantasy, much less actual sports betting. Pete Rose, by the way, from baseball, who the most hits of all time, who bet on some games, still not in the Hall of Fame. So this was a big, big deal uh, up until the last couple of years. Why? And is it all money? It's just all money? I don't know. You talk, you brought up Pete Rose. How about Jordan? Um, if anybody watched uh, the last dance or was it in the last dance? It was, it might've been the last dance where they were talking about, you know, how he retired or he had to take that break. You know, he, you know, Jordan retired early. Part of that they were saying was that because he got caught betting and they, there, I think, and I could be wrong. There was suspicion that he was actually betting on basketball games as well. Um, which this does happen. The mob has confirmed that. Like they have referees, they have players. Like these people were betting um, back then. I'm sure it's happening today. But anyways, another subject. Jordan had to take a break because of that, and then they're, they suspect that his dad might have been murdered as a result or in connection to something like this. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know why that is the case. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I, it would be awesome for us to find out what what exactly happened. We probably won't find out. No. If ever, but may, certainly not now. It was it was uh, David Stern, who was the commissioner at the time, and he's passed away since then. Uh, Jordan's still still what in his fifties or maybe early sixties. So, um, you know, a lot of times this information comes out way after yeah. the fact, post mortem, and you actually find out what happened. But certainly would be curious why the biggest star in the world. Uh, after winning three championships and probably MVPs and whatever else has to retire for a year and just take a break, take a break. It's not taking a break. Um, Yeah. Okay. Well, so fantasy football makes, it makes the game, not really the game interesting, but the individual player statistics interesting. Uh, but okay, so this commercial that we're seeing, it already is reframing what is what's a boring experience. It's something that's not fun, that you have to put money on it to be fun. So first of all, great hook, I think, because people like excitement. People want to watch sports and it be more exciting. I don't now the other question that is why are people watching the sports in the first place if it's not exciting <laughs> that's a excellent question like i i think i think that people were watching people would watch the sports um they would watch the games 
that were relevant to them, meaning it's your hometown, your hometown team, or you somehow know somebody that's in that game, or it's a college you went to. I think that the more localized sports games would probably be more popular, but the national sports games wouldn't because you really don't, you don't have skin in the game and betting is a way for you to have skin in the game. But I'm interested to in hearing more of your thoughts on, on this. I think that going back to what we're talking about with addiction, picking your addictions, you just have to pick your addiction in this case too. So some people pick watching sports as their addiction, whether it's their college, their high school, their pro team, whatever excuse they want to make for watching it, it's still an addiction. And But I also want to say that it is more complicated than that when it comes to male relationships. I heard this somewhere. So I don't remember where, so I can't cite it. I'd love to cite it, but I can't. But th what I heard was that men have trouble communicating with each other. No, not like women. Women, they'll they'll meet in a bathroom at a bar and become instant friends. No, tell each other their entire lives, become best friends by the time they walk out. Men will see each other in the bathroom at a bar and just nod, and that'd be the end of it. At best, it'd be like not in a way. What are you looking at me funny? And it's a fight. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're completely different. We're wired differently, but we still need to communicate and we still need connection. And I think sports gives us an amazing opportunity to have an excuse to meet up and connect uh, and then actually talk about our problems, our wins, our losses. Mm. And the problem with these betting apps is now it's taking away the actual value of watching the sport because it wasn't about the watching the sport, truly. It was just the excuse. But now that you have money on it, you don't have time to talk about the important stuff. I think you hit the nail on the head with something. And I never thought about that with the you know, you're right, men, we have a problem with communicating with other men that we don't know, just, you know, there's no if there's no context, no reason for us to talk, then we probably won't talk or acknowledge each other. Um, there's something primal about that, to your point, there's, you were saying something earlier about it, there's, there's, there's this is probably, we're probably, we're, we are wired this way for a reason. Um, I don't want to keep sorry to talk about jujitsu again, but I, I have to in this scenario, because you talked about sports give us gives us a way to communicate. What I love about jujitsu is, say, I didn't know you, Dimitri, and you don't know me. And this kind of goes back to the primal thing. We don't know each other. You come to the gym. What is the first thing that we try to do is kick each other's ass. Like that's our initial, that's our high. We go and we kick each other's ass. And then once that's done, I don't know you, you don't know, know me, but we there's a bond there now. There's a, you know, we're talking about what just happened how you could have did this better or how I could have done that better. Like it immediately breaks down the walls. And not only does it immediately break down the walls that we just try to kick each other's ass. We know where you stand in the ranking in that gym after that fight. And we know who like, it's a very clear cut ranking. And, you know, the instructor probably can kill everybody in there. So this is your alpha, right? And then everybody kind of works themselves out, you know, through fighting people, you kind of know, so you know exactly where you stand in the ranking and um, the communication is just like, I don't know. It's just, it's not like me meeting somebody in a bar and having a conversation. It's very different from me meeting somebody in the gym, fighting them, and then having a conversation. Well, because you had a primal experience together. Yes. So now every conversation is a lot, weighs a lot more. And you don't have to, you've already broken down the barriers. You don't have to go through the small talk. You don't have to go on the date, so to speak of hours and hours of small talk before you can get into something more serious because you were in a physically and mentally challenging environment together. You know, a lot of people who are in the army together are lifelong friends or in uh, professional sports teams. Not that those are necessarily equally as challenging, it's just they're, they're challenging in different ways. But when you're going through something difficult together, then you can bond um, 
but you want to bond right men even men yeah. we still want to bond we have to have an excuse for it uh i think now like talking through this i'm kind of against the whole sports betting thing i think it's a bad idea why because it's taking away from men's opportunity to bond now i get now i'll tell you like knowing from the statistics side of it almost nobody makes money we know that vegas wasn't built on charity nobody yeah. makes money doing this and there's a there's a um there's a fee to place a bet it's not just a 50 50 chance to win there, there's a 10 percent what's called a vig or uh, there's lots of names for it, but essentially 10% of the bet that you place, like $100, uh, you have to pay an extra $10 just to place that bet. So even if you were to hit 50% of the time, you're going to lose 10% of your money. It actually comes out to 5% because um, when you do win, you don't pay the, the big. So, okay, over time, you're losing 5% of your money, which is about the same thing that casinos expect you to lose in blackjack in slots and everything it's the same thing as any casino game you will not make money betting on sports you just won't one one to two percent of people will they have a system they're professional statisticians quants so forth maybe they won't make money you will become addicted to watching something that is otherwise not interesting and you don't get to bond with your friends because you're too focused on the money that you have on the game yes that is true and i think that the opposite is true as well you watched the um what was it 2020 and it was three guys. These guys were friends, right? I assume they were friends that they were at the 60 20, minutes, the 60 minutes. Thank you. The 60 minutes. And they were interviewing three guys who were friends. These three guys show up to the bar, I assume. And they watch the games together that they've all betted on. You go to Caesars in Vegas. You'll see guys who know each other sitting there in these chairs, watching all these games that they've betted on. They still are bonding over the games it's just that they have more skin in the game and there's more games that are interesting now and i've seen that even with my my friends we went to vegas a little less than a year ago with some of my guys who've never been it was summer league basketball summer league basketball man who gives a shit about that but man we were into it we were into it why because i'm betting against my friend's team san antonio spurs his summer league team i wanted them to lose really bad so now that summer league game becomes even that more interesting to me. So I, I think that the betting, and here's one more thing, then I'll, I'll try to land this plane. I think the betting can enhance the bonding. And I also think that, like, here's an example. I was talking to somebody out in Vegas. Um, she's like right below the sheriff in Vegas. And she was telling me that, that um, pimps are more of a problem than ever. And Dimitri, I couldn't wrap my brain around it. It broke my brain. I'm like, what What? What the hell are you talking about? There's webcams and OnlyFans. Like, why do you need to go on the street? Why do you need to, like, it's the game. Like, you could just be, you could make all your money from home if you want to. Like, why do you need a pimp? These OnlyFans girls have pimps. And the and I won't go, This is a, that's a whole nother podcast, right? But they were saying is that I'm missing the mentality of this person who's doing this. Like she, she or he needs this for some reason, but the pimp game is more of a prominent. So with the advent of technology and all that stuff, I thought that I'm sure that some pimps are losing money because there's some people who don't need the pimp now, but also pimps are thriving. I think the same thing could be here <laughs> with the advent of technology. We sometimes don't need to hang out as much because we can just bet on our phones or we hang out and talk about what we just betted on, if that makes sense. I did not have pimps are thriving on this podcast bingo card. So thank you. Pimps, <laughs> pimps are thriving. Yes, they are. Yeah. Okay. The mentality of people. Sure. And and I understand it. it, it I mean, look, you're, you're kind of saying what the commercial is saying. Just make it more interesting. We're already watching the game to make it more interesting. Have more skin in the game. Get more involved with each other, ragging on each other. Whoever loses 
you get to make fun of them more because not only they lose, they lost money. And, but I, I, you know, if, if you get creative, you can do it differently. You can go go-kart racing and bet on who's going to win. And, and just, it doesn't even have to be a lot of money. I think a lot of this also has to do with trying to make a, trying to make or get rich quick, right? I mean, marketing, a lot of marketing, biz ops, they're about getting rich quick. And with sports betting, you can make money doing no work. I think that's part of this dream is you can get rich betting on sports because you know sports better than everyone else. You know that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to beat the 49 Of course they are. And they're the underdog. Oh, man, that's free money. I got to bet. And then you lose. Oh, man. Well, let me just try to get back to break even. And there you go. And now you're in the Vegas mindset. Just try and get back to break even. And um, I don't know. It's kind of dangerous. No, you're, you're, that's what, I mean, that's what you hit the nail on the head. That's what gambling is all about, right? It's just like the lottery tickets, right? You're going to spend a dollar and win a hundred million or something. Like you're just going to make money without doing much work. And you, you, that's in lotto tickets, that's in sports betting, that you could see that when people are advertising some kind of make money project, biz op or whatever sit at the beach and just get $300,000 a month doing nothing. Um, and nothing of value comes for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I thought this was a really good ad. I think it's going to get people to download and bet, and I'm sure it's going to air on the Super Bowl. I wonder how many different sports books will air. Maybe it's something that will count. I love watching all the commercials during the Super Bowl, so... I'd actually rather get up. Uh, you know what? I, I I mean, I've got the YouTube TV, so I can pause. But if the commercial's on, I'm not I'm not letting it play. I'm pausing it every time. Yes. Um. So I'm excited to see, and maybe we can chat, talk about what we saw, and if they did it nicely, or maybe there's some other ads that come up, and uh, we'll talk about those. I think this was a good topic, brother. Yeah, nice. Um, I guess we should wrap it up then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's good. I think that's a, a good place to stop and we'll see what happens. Um, it's funny. I was just, you know, I know we're about to wrap up here, but I was talking to my, my daughter about how the Super, the Super Bowl, the, one of the most interesting things about the Super Bowl are the commercials and that's probably what she's going to want to watch more than anything else. And so I'm sure we're going to see a couple of things that we'll talk about next week. Looking forward to it. All right. Amazing marketing. Go check out the Super Bowl. Watch the ads. Peace. See you next time.